I think we have to just start right off addressing the elephant in the room. That's right. We've it's got the end of December. It's the end of December. It, the last two years, last year we did the Franztacular. The year before, yeah. our last episode of the year, uh huh, over four hours long. The year before that, that, we did the twelve <laughs> guests of Mankmas, the Manktacular. That was yes. over and we two did a hours long. Grab bag for the end That's of the true. year. That's true. There was that. Oh yeah, it wasn't the last episode of the year. You're right. That's but we right. did the. You know that slot was filled by the Manktacular, where we had twelve different yeah, guests. Right. We talked about Mank. I think that at that at that time a new release. It was right. It was the uh, pandemic, it had been like, by the time early, we recorded, like, it was like two days old. Yeah, <laughs> it was really fresh. Right. I mean, it was like everyone. No one had anything better to do than watch yeah. Bank, and that so was, we would just sure, like, yeah. got twelve people to talk about Bank. Yeah, that was kind of how the podcast worked at that time. Is it would just be like, "What's new? We'll put out an episode immediately," because everything that was coming out was coming out mm-hmm. online. Uh, yeah. And this year, we. I think talked a lot about like we we gotta scale down at least a little bit. The France right. four hours is too not much. sustainable, right? Yeah, yes. two movies is too much. Possibly, I mean, you know, we'll see what happens in the future. We threw around a lot of ideas. I think <laughs> there were several movies, but like you know, now most movies that come out do not. Uh, they, they they don't come out online immediately, so it was like, oh, right. what's out? They like, come out online two weeks later. Yeah, well, that's true. <laughs> yeah. That was part. That was that was part of what happened. Is that like when we were having this discussion, we were just like, we don't really know what will be out when. It is like weirdly, the Netflix stuff takes longer to come out online now. I know it's so like crazy. we talked about like could we do white noise and we couldn't have because that's still not out even when you're listening right. to this. Uh, yeah. And so we made the decision, I think pretty promptly when we were just like putting together what are the December episodes, we said yeah. we're doing and you know, this is something that we've discussed doing before, we discussed doing it right. last year. It's always I believe, been right. I was, was Yeah. And, and there were, and, and when we were seriously discuss, discussing options, we were like, well, tentatively we'll probably do this next year. Maybe. So, yeah. I mean, in general, it was last year, I think what we said was like, we'll do it eventually. It's too soon. And now we've decided it's no longer too soon. It's We're been doing long enough. The and it's easier to do than main spectacular. Yeah. Right. Number We're two. We're doing it again, folks. Uh huh. We're going So back. look forward to that. Welcome to Can I Kick It? This is a podcast about film festivals. My name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by Andy Gramuga. Ho, 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 Mary Mank, Mrs. Cullen, actually. <laughs> Mank, it's me. Emilio Santa Diaz Cole. is also here. <laughs> <laughs> so, we do have so, yeah. a little bit of news to we start know, out So, with. we know, we haven't announced this, so we do want to let you know, like, we're going to do a little news, 
and then we're going to get back into Manx. So sure, I mean, if it's have... not clear, that cold open wasn't a bit. That's actually what no. we're doing. Yeah, yes. we're about to talk about Mank. If you haven't rewatched Mank in a minute and want to refresh yourself uh, after sure. the news segment, yes. you can pause and come back. Uh-huh. And, uh, you'll be fresh on Mank for all our, That's our, right. our fresh uh-huh. on Mank discussions. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so a couple pieces of news uh, to leave us off for the new year. Uh, one, I think a piece uh, of information about a hotly anticipated movie uh, that we finally know will be oh, out no. next year. I think it's been in the kind of when's it going to come out mode for a while. And this is one yeah. that it, we now know it's next year is uh, the new Hayao Miyazaki movie. His last movie, probably, which I've forgotten what it is titled. How do you how live? Do you live? <laughs> Thank you. How do you live? Uh, we'll be coming out in Japan in July, uh, which is this. I knew the word live was in there, which is the same, yeah. roughly the same release date that both of his last two movies, The Wind Rises and Ponyo had. So I think immediately people were like, oh, out in July, perfect for a Cannes premiere. But those two movies both premiered at Venice after the Japanese release date. So I would imagine that is more likely to be what happens again. I mean, Can has just, like, not put any work into forming a relationship with him or, like, programming animation in general. So, like... It's possible that, like, if they offered him a competition slot, he'd be like, oh, yeah, I actually would like to win an award at Cannes. Like, I I was reading someone saying that, like, apparently he did, was, like, actually very happy to win the Golden Bear. I don't know if this came up when you did sure. the episode on that. But, like, he, I think, like, he asked them, like, oh, am I going to win an award? They tell the people who are winning they're going to win something, but they wouldn't tell him what he had won, and I think afterwards he was like, oh, I would have come if you had told me I was winning the Golden Bear. Uh, And then, like, did a press conference in Japan where he accepted the trophy. Uh, So it's possible that there's some, like, he'd actually like to be in competition at Cannes. It seems much more likely to me that that Venice relationship is just going to continue. And then I know Wind Rises got a qualifying release late in 2013 and then actually came out in theaters in the United States early 2014 so stuff has changed around where that might not be what happens but something along those lines of like most people here see it fall winter would be my guess yeah my guess is that the Mew Miyazaki movie does not premiere anywhere outside of the country of Japan yes exactly that is been the case for a while sure um i mean it was the case with spirited away too that was in competition but had come out it it was in competition in 2002 after coming out in japan in 2001 yeah if it doesn't Um, do venice or tiff or anything like that i think that will be because it came out everywhere else before that i feel like there is a world where g kids oh where they just like Maybe. This is a new like Miyazaki a, movie. We can just give this 2,500 right. screens. Like, maybe they maybe. Right. do a, gl- a global rollout for it at one time. Like, it's good. Yeah. It definitely, yeah. Is it, he, That's he also on the table. Right. Yeah. 
it's a very different world. He's a very different, like, sort of, yeah, footprint. Yeah. Than, it is, but also, than even, like... Than even when Wind Rises came out, I think. Yeah. yeah. I do feel like there was a point at which it looked like distributors were, like, moving away from the, like, big, long hype cycles. Let's try and actually get people to see movies. And, like, the pandemic might have been sort of encouraging a move away from that. And it feels like it is just coming back. But it's, it's possible they put it out faster. Uh, and then the other thing, speaking of uh, uh, Berlin, is that that festival will be happening early January. We'll probably come back mm-hmm. fresh with some news about them. Uh, but they they have announced early a little February. bit. Did I say it? Yeah, it's happening early February when we come back in January. <laughs> we we, we will have, have a lot news. of news. We will ha- we we would have a lot of news. It would have been early January. We would, yeah. We'd have news now. We have a little news now, which is that uh, Kristen Stewart will be the president of the jury, which is very cool. It's a little weird in that, like, she's not a person who particularly has a relationship with the Berlin Film Festival. Like, it would make more sense for Venice or Cannes to do this. But also, like, I'm sure they're glad to get her. I think... Sure. You know, most yeah. of the things of like, oh, is she ready to do it? It's like, of course she is. Uh, I do, the, the one point that also I saw people point out is like, it is a little bit annoying that all these festivals like in their uh, trying to like have gender parity in terms of who are the presidents of the festivals. It is a little bit too bad that what that means is that like, half of the presidents are directors who are men and the other half are actors who are women. Like, there are female directors who would also be great jury presidents. And Venice Mm -hmm. did that. That Lucretia Martel, and we saw how that turned out. So, yeah. Oh, what if Kristen Stewart kind of goes Joker mode? (laughs) I don't know what that would be. I mean, another another thing thing about... It bodes well for her former director, uh, Elizabeth Banks, is Cane Bear being in competition. Interesting. Well, that comes to my next point, which is that uh, one thing that I know that uh, was pointed out to me is that since Carlos Chatrian took over uh, Berlin in, in 2020... Uh, there has been one English language movie to premiere at Berlin, and that was the Sally Potter movie that no one has seen in 2020. Sure. Uh, since then, it's all just been like a couple of Sundance things. Uh, there was First Cow that first year, which yeah. was from even earlier. So you might be right that he'll be looking for actually getting that big. Uh, English language premiere. I don't know that that would be it. I do, I wonder, based on the timing of the uh, Disappointment Boulevard poster coming out, if that might be in play. That was Afraid is the... the Of course, it's called Bo is Afraid, which is what apparently it was always called, and both Disappointment Boulevard and the attached log line were a complete, just like, a lie. Like, uh... Yeah, uh, so so that's an option. I, the other thing is that Panorama was, uh, a number of movies for that were announced. So, like, the Iris Axe movie is going to play there, which I had thought initially when it was announced for Sundance, oh, maybe that could be in competition at Berlin, but it actually is 
a French co-production, so it would not have been an international premiere. Uh, or maybe even just a French production. Uh, it, you know, For them to have a movie in competition, it would have to be an American movie premiering at Sundance, which that is not. So that will be in Panorama. Uh, the, the only other, like, there's, like, various things that are, like, oh, that could be kind of interesting. The only other, like, eye-catching thing so far that was announced was, uh, the, uh, adaptation of, uh, This Is a Room that, uh, the playwright oh, sure. directed with Sidney Sweeney. Uh, again, I do not know if that movie is called Reality or Winner. I know they changed it, it's but... It's one of the two, It's right? one of the two. As I tweeted, there's a movie about reality, reality Winner. Yeah, so the other one is Winner, uh, which we'll probably see later. Um... And yeah, I mean, there's, you know, like, I think the new Christian Petzl is very likely to be there. That's coming out in Germany in April, I think. Uh, Philippe Garrel's movie is probably coming out soon. Do we think uh, Wes Anderson might be there? Or no? Maybe. I mean, June... Because he's got, like, two in the can, right? You would... Yeah, you would think But then the other one's Netflix, so it wouldn't be able to do can. That's true. Maybe Henry Sugar just premieres first. That is interesting. Because I want... Maybe we haven't even talked about it. The June date for Astrid City suggests can to me. And I was... And so that if that were going to be the first one, then, like, it would be weird for Astrid City to premiere that much earlier... And then so maybe Henry Sugar at Venice. Right. But yeah, he yeah, could I just guess it's, I'm put not them clear out. how done Henry Sugar Yeah, is, I don't know. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's yeah. a great question. Uh, yeah. It could be done. Like he... Sure. I, I don't know if he was like... It's probably total... not like, yeah, a Wes Awards play, right? So it's right. Like a, they can, and like it, can just put it out whenever. Yeah. I think it just depends on like what his order of operations was. Like if it was right. he made and finished Astrid City and then started shooting Henry Sugar, then he's probably also done with Henry Sugar. If it was, he shot Astrid City, then he shot Henry Sugar, then he did the post on Astrid City, then he might not be done with Henry Sugar. But yes, that is interesting. I haven't thought about that. Uh, And there's also, like, I don't even know that it would be in competition, because his last movie was in Encounters, but Christy Puyu could be back with his Malmkrog follow-up. You know, there's there's stuff. Uh, it, it's always just like harder to predict Berlin. Like I do the I, the last year I did the very right. in depth can in Venice predictions, and there right. just are less rumors about Berlin, and also just inevitably, even though I think their program has gotten very interesting, like half of the movies at least will be movies that not just you have never heard of, but that I have never heard of, uh, which is fine. Some of those movies, also good. Uh, no one had heard of What Do We See When They Look at the Sky, and then that movie was huge. But anyway, I think I we're ready. I want to talk about Mank. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Colin prepping his, his Mank rant. Well, All right. maybe I need to start this off. Uh, I think uh, I have time. three things that I need to start off with. The wait, first wait, wait, thing wait. is give me, that... Give me, give me one whoa, clean whoa, whoa. second so we can just get a clean audio for people to come back to after they watch the entirety of Mank. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Start Mank now. So Mank discussion... Start it now. <laughs> no, don't start it now. Andy, what are you talking about? <laughs> we started already. <laughs> it it's over. ending now. 
we're back, and I have three things I need to get out real quick. The first thing is that the second thing is going to make it sound like I might have done something really bad, and I oh only kind of did. The second thing oh is boy. that I am genuinely sorry. This is not a bit. I should, I'm sorry. The third thing is that we were going to record this a week ago, and uh -huh. that afternoon I was in the oh act of watching Mink, and I went, I'm feeling so bad. I cannot record tonight. And so we rescheduled, and I thought, great, I can pause Mank. Fast forward, 6.30 this evening, a half hour before we were set to record, I said, oh no, I have not resumed Mank. I was sitting down <laughs> to dinner at the time. And so then, at maybe 6.55, I walk into my room, and I think I have a few options. There is a TV, but the only thing connected to the TV is a Chromecast. And I have to use uh -huh. my phone to record. So I sure. didn't feel like my phone could handle those two things at once. So right. what has been happening is that since we started recording at 7 o'clock, the top uh -huh. third of my screen has been you all, and the bottom two thirds has been Mank on mute with the subtitles. There are 15 minutes <laughs> left in Mank. Uh, there were like 35 okay. left when it started. There's 15 left now. I did. I watched okay. most of Mank. Sure. But there's some watched, stuff at right. the end. I have like, like a solid. I have a solid idea on what the deal is with Mank. How I feel about Mank later. But there's some stuff at the end. Right now, he's throwing up at the big party. Yeah, he's at the party. At yeah. The uh -huh. he's, yeah, yeah, he's yeah the costumes. He writes right. Howard's big speech. Okay. Well, then, I mean, if we're just establishing, <laughs> I watched Mank as we're recording this. Today is the 19th. I watched it on the 11th. It's the 18th. Oh, it's the 18th. Excuse me. I That's right. My handwriting. Um, and then, so the, I watched it on the 11th, and I have not rewatched it since. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. I would have watched it, I think, on the 9th. Wow, mm -hmm. I have not rewatched it. Since. Okay, yeah, Emilio, <laughs> I have no idea. I don't remember. I we, sure. to do this bit, we couldn't log it on Letterbox, which is right. the only, right. yeah. the only right. way I could have remembered that I watched it. I might, I might never log it on Letterbox because there's a solid 35 minutes that got very light. Amount Did not of get attention. your full attention. Yeah, <laughs> right. Well. There's a lot to talk about with me. Yeah, for sure. And I do have I, think... I have notes from the first two thirds of the movie that will replace Mank on my screen when it finishes. What were did you ever at one point think like, oh, I need to finish Mank until before uh, yeah? Evening? I thought it okay. when I woke up this morning, I was like, I should finish Mank like first thing after lunch so that I don't forget. And then I didn't do that and, and forgot. Sure. I'll defend I'll defend it a little bit and say that it was a quick week. It felt yeah, like a really fast absolutely. week. Absolutely. Um, sure, the holidays no point, are coming up. We're at all busy. no point before today was was I like, oh, maybe I just knock out Mink now. That never crossed yeah. my mind. <laughs> I was sure. like, if if we're postponing, the best thing I can do is be the person who's the freshest on the third act of Mink. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
Well, then so, how do we want to do this? What right. do we want to, I know you have a lot of things you want to get to, Amelia. I don't have a lot of things. I, Stop I, peeping Amelia into doing uh, I'm not this trying to. I just remembered what I've been playing. Okay, you know what? Let, I'll get to some of the things I wrote down as ideas for the episode. Here's the first thing, because we did not do this the first time we talked about Mank, because it was just like an insane co- like jumble and collection mm-hmm. of things. Right. What we are, were recording things like in weird orders. And yeah, like, yeah, a weird order, like, and it was like we all had to get our thoughts out pretty quick. Uh-huh. What are our thoughts on David Fincher? Where where do we all lie with David oh. Fincher? Oh, I do think he is, okay. I do think he is a good question. an interesting figure in the wor- sure. in like our circles yeah. of cinephilia or whatever. I can, I can start by addressing that question. Uh, so yeah. the movie before Mank is Gone Girl. And that was, yes. like, a big movie for me. I was sure. 16 when Gone Girl came out. Uh, mm-hmm. And I remember, like, it was coming... It came out, like... It did the thing that happened a few times around then, where, like, it was the opening night movie at New York on, like, September 29th, and then came out on October 4th. So I was, like, really, really... It wasn't my most anticipated movie of the year, because Inherent Vice was the centerpiece at New York that year. Uh, but I was, like, very excited, and then, ma- I remember, made plans to see it, uh, I think, s- the Friday evening that it came out, and there was a Washington Nationals postseason game where they were playing against the Giants, and we were, like, the game, I- I- it started at, like, five or six, and we were, like, great, we'll go see the last showing of Gone Girl at, like, ten, and there will be plenty of time. That game went 19 innings, and I finally was just like, I really want to see the end of this game, but also I'm so excited for Gone Girl. I'm just gonna go. I was like, the game will just, I have a radio, a portable radio. I'll just listen until the movie starts, and surely it will have ended. It still had not ended when Gone Girl started. Uh, They lost... I believe they lost the game. They definitely lost that series because it was in 2014 and they did not win a playoff series until 2019. So that also just fits into the long tortured history of that. Um, and then, yeah, I I really loved Gone Girl. Uh, Social Network, also a big movie for me. I, that was like one of the yeah. very first like sure. real movies that I like went to see without my parents. I went to see that with two mm-hmm. friends and also True Grit around that time. Oh. Uh, and yeah, like Social Network, I think was like huge for me. And then I saw it again. And was like, ah, oh, it's pretty good. Gone Girl like holds up more. Zodiac, I still really like. Fight Club, I haven't. I like you know, was so into Fight Club as a teenager and have not gone back to that in a very long... I probably watched it, like, three or four times within, like, sure. a couple of years and then not in, like, six or seven. I would be curious how I would feel about that. And I would say where I am at now is, like, very colored by Mink, where I'm just like, eh, he's made some great movies. I don't know that he really excites me. Uh... And, of course, he does have a movie coming out next year, but that That's is right. also colored by the yep. fact that Michael Fassbender is in it, and I'm like, I don't think we need him back. Sure. Yeah. Um, I similarly was obsessed with Fight Club as mm-hmm. a teenager. 
Um, God, I, also, I, gotta, I gotta stop doing this podcast. <laughs> um, but then what? You know, I watched Fight Club a lot, and I was like, uh, "What's this guy? What else has he made?" And right around the corner, Benjamin Button came out, <laughs> and that movie you. also changed my life, <laughs> and is one of my favorites. Never of all time. seen Benjamin Button. So good. Um, Maybe next year we do the then, Fight yeah. Club tacular. <laughs> My pitch was going to be France and French Dispatch again. Um, <laughs> we just keep recycling every year. Um, sure. Yeah. Sure. We'll, we'll, at one you point, think, we you think so. You think you'll be ready to go back to French Dispatch by a year from yeah, now? Maybe. Give it another chance. Um, the, uh, but yeah, and then like... Uh, we should maybe also say, just to be clear, there's no guests on this episode. We've dropped yes, that. Yes, just us. We've dropped that conceit from the tacular. There will not be 12 Too much work guests. to book yep. 12 guests. It was kind of our no-guest year, so... That's true. That's true. Right. We talked about, you know, yeah. we talked about, like, if there were going to be a guest for the second make tacular, it'd have to be a big guest. And I think no one cared yeah. to figure that and out. No one made any effort. Yeah, yeah. no one. Yeah. No Eric one was <laughs> Ghosted me. Yeah. Mm, sorry. To, we were just like, we've got so many things because you know it was like it would also have to be someone who we'd like have a repartee with because like sure. we're gonna have things to. Say. We've had lots of things to say on this episode already. That's you know yeah. we didn't want to just like talk Deleting. to Arliss Howard for two hours and be like, that oh, was a weird conversation. <laughs> he didn't really like us. Um, <laughs> Deleting our ideal spectacular like... guest from my my rundown list. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Uh, and then, you know, just like as I came out, watched Social Network, watched uh, mm-hmm. Dragon Tattoo, caught up with Seven and Zodiac and Panic Room. Uh, I still have never seen... Alien Three or mm-hmm. Mindhunter. But oh, I, I did see Mindhunter. I watched both. I think I watched the first season when the second came out. I kind of liked Mindhunter. Yeah, I'm not like upset. There's not another season. Yeah, I'm not like upset. There isn't a third season, but like it's pretty good. It's a perfectly and fine then, thing um, for him to spend time on. A better thing for Andrew Dominic to spend time on. Uh, you like, know, uh, Roth and McElhaney are great. Michael like make a lot up. when it came out in 2020 yeah. and watched it again the other day and think it's still incredible mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe even better than before mm. we can get to um, andy but yeah. i would like to jump in quickly and say it. i'm number one mind hunter stand right here <laughs> yeah. Yeah. maybe watch amelia loves ep- mind hunter the only tv show that it's the loves. only tv show um, <laughs> I, I do want to say this twice. is the uh stupid scene where he holds his oscar uh, and he's old that's what's happening oh, now. That funny. It I is funny. The, the last yeah. scene, yeah. Yeah. Yes. I think um, e- in an even more embarrassing level than being big into Fight Club as a teen, I was big into Social Network as a teen. <laughs> I mean, also huge, yes. I like sure. bought the Ben Mesrick book. I, I guess so yeah, I, I was going to say also like same, 12, but I don't 12. know what that book is, so I guess not same. Excellent billionaires. But uh, mm-hmm. loved Social Network really yeah. made me I don't know I was just very into that movie it's then I I was aware of Girl with the Dragon Tattoo as it was coming out but I yeah. never wa- I did not watch it at the time I went sure. back to it later and I not, really liked that movie I think not many did <laughs> I, I think I love that movie I thought that movie made a lot of money 
I thought it didn't do very well. I think and it did. I guess it did. It ma- it made well, money. it did like well enough that like it wasn't crazy that they would. I make mean, a right? Like my impression was like it made a lot of money for an R-rated movie coming out on Christmas. Right. It sure. made a yeah. It made a lot of money for that movie, which is sure. yeah. The feel bad movie of the holidays. The feel bad movie of the holidays. Yeah. One of the greatest trailers of all time. All right. Fincher, Fincher, Fincher. is over. I'm not gonna watch the credits. Let me pull up my notes. Fincher, one of our greatest trailersmen. Uh, I think between that in the gap between that and Gone Girl, I think is when I probably went back and like watched Zodiac, watched uh, Fight Club, and both of those movies. I I mean I I really love Zodiac. Fight Club is good. It's funny. I basically I basically like every Fincher movie I've seen. And then I watched Gone Girl mm-hmm. in theaters because it was just like that was that was mm-hmm. my Grantland era where I was just like uh, going mm-hmm. out watching everything the discourse. Pumped uh-huh. out, so I really need to watch Gone Girl. Really loved it. True, n- had no idea what the twist was or what. Yeah, same. So I was just. Yeah, like, I don't oh, think yeah. I did either. I feel my I, brother read the book, I think, and I was like, yeah. "I'm reading Inherent Vice. I don't have to read this one." Yeah, and I like Gone Girl, and I sort of like Mick. I basically he's like, I guess what I was saying earlier, what I was referring to earlier, Andy. Oh, we'll, we'll get to your Fincher take soon. Of course. Take, take your time. But uh, <laughs> is that I, I guess like growing up and as a teen, I was like, oh, yeah, Fincher. He's just like canonically one of the guys. They'll just like pull, yes. put him up up next to like Tarantino. and Absolutely. And if you had asked me when like when Gone Girl right, came living, out, yeah. I 100% I would have been like David Fincher is one of the great living directors. But it does. I have felt like as I have dug deeper into getting very into movies, that that is, that he is maybe considered to be a step below that. And I don't know if my brain has ever readjusted to that or just like. No. Oh, I, mine has. Yeah. I, my brain has fully readjusted. It's funny you say that he's a good trailer guy because I am like I'm maybe more excited to see the trailer for the killer than I am to actually see the killer. All of his trailers are so sick. Yeah. Um, I will generally, when it, when it, you know, I generally don't, like, make a point of watching trailers even for things I'm excited right. for. It's just, I'll see it when it's in the theater. I won't see it. I don't really care. I just want to see right. the movie. I am, like, well, I will watch that trailer when it comes out. Well, this is a good segue for me to get into my history because, yeah, it was like the first time he was on my radar was that social network trailer uh-huh. where it was I because that was a big like entertainment power. Week, entertainment weekly blogs days for me. Like I was like always mm-hmm. on the W blogs, like keeping up with the latest stuff. And like they were like so taken with that trailer and they were like, this is like gonna be huge like this is like a cultural event like this movie or whatever like very early on from the first appearance of that trailer yeah and i that was to that that was like that was like i was in i was new fairly new to college i think it was 2008 or 9 was it oh nine when the trailer came out probably right yeah so i I would have been like a freshman in in college when it came out and then i think it was like my the the fall of my sophomore year when when the movie came out um, and I remember seeing that was like around when I was like becoming more interested in movies and specifically through the lens of like, I will try to see all the best picture nominees every year mm-hmm. or at the very least all the ones that like I have interest in or whatever. Like I will, I will make a point of like getting to those before the Oscars. And that is one where I saw it in, I like went to like the Regal and Union Square that was like a block from my um, dorm and I saw it 
and I liked it, but my take at the time was like, this movie is going to like evaporate from the culture. It will have <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> yeah. That was like my take at the time. Especially, you could like, not have been wrong. I know. And well, like, and now like, I you're like, no one's like... going to pretend to be like Zuckerberg. <laughs> no one cares about this guy. <laughs> right. And I was like, well, right. This is like, this movie is not going to be memorable. Like no one, no, one's no one will know care about the score. No one will quote these, these lines ever in like, you know, <laughs> I guess, it was like just I guess, one of the wrongest times I've ever. Yeah. I, I guess there's like, like a way you could look at it of being like, it's a face. It's a movie about Facebook that came out in 2010. Right. It's like Facebook was like, yeah. Four years old, but I guess it's right. Like, I mean, yes, how do they make the a movie out like, about Facebook? Yeah, right, yeah. and I was Brandy. like, yeah, you know, I was in college yeah. or whatever, and I was like, this is what Facebook is going to be forever, and like, it's gonna like Facebook is going to continue, and this movie is gonna be like a little like weird like asterisk or something or whatever, and like, of course, we all know like Facebook is no nowhere near what it was. Certainly, it is for for old people now, and like the Zuckerberg is is still, like, a, a, a figure of import in, like... Yeah, he's, like, one in... of the most evil men alive. Sure. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, he... Well? He should... I, I... I, you know, I'm glad that he's just, like, wasting all his time and money on, like, VR that doesn't matter. I right guess now, that's like, true. I, guess my take I'm, on, I like, mean, I guess I don't like, really seemed... know what he's up right. to in 2020. There was that period where it seemed like he was going to, like, try to insert himself into the public sphere more and be, like, a thought uh-huh. leader for, like politics and stuff and it seems like he decided not to do that which i think is good right he um, was like so oh like, yeah i forgot minimal... that my whole thing is that i'm really insecure about how no one right. likes me right so like minimal points to him for like stepping back. and he's I like guess, i like, love like, sweet baby rays <laughs> is where i'm at on zuckerberg these days. i guess yeah, i guess um, that get there yeah yeah and then i like had zero interest in girl with a dragon tattoo i was like that seems too nasty no thank you Mm-hmm. Um, it's fairly nice. And and then uh, I for Gone Girl I like had I was again Entertainment Weekly. Jillian Flynn, the author of the book, was an Entertainment Weekly person. So mm-hmm. I was like, I was always like, I should read that novel or I should read that book. Not a big books reader, but eventually I did. Like when I early on, that was an early Kindle book for me. Where it's like I got mm-hmm. it from the library and I read it on my Kindle uh, in anticipation of the movie. Had seen it before the movie. Went and saw that movie. Really enjoyed that movie. Um, yeah. uh, and then, yeah, the only ones I've gone back to is Zodiac I saw on Netflix at some point. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Alien 3 I did when I did all the Alien. Like, I filled in all my mm-hmm. Alien gaps. And yeah. so those are the only ones I've ever gone back to. I've never seen Fight Club. I've never seen uh, 7. I've never seen Panic Room. Like all hey, the You would like ones. Panic Room, I think. Probably, yeah. yeah it seems fun. It's really a um, tight thriller. I yeah. actually the game, so I have pretty two good. more things. I have the one game more... is so good. I do like. I the don't game, like yeah. the game at all. Uh, I have one more thing on you hate Douglas. social. I do hate Michael Douglas, and that's one of the big. That sure. movie is one of the big reasons why I hate Michael Douglas. He's just yeah. he's so good. Um, I have one more social network thing and one more Gone Girl thing. The social network thing is that I'm trying. I was trying to remember like why was I like interested in the social yeah. network. Because Andy has the, like, Entertainment Weekly thing. And, like, by Gone Girl, I know it genuinely was, like, oh, I'm paying attention to festivals. This is a big movie that will, like, be at a festival. We'll have all that hype, and then I can see it very quickly. And that genuinely was where that excitement came from. The Mm -hmm. social network... Because I was, like, on... I, I don't remember when I finally saw it, but I, like, on opening weekend, remember being, like, 
maybe I should go, like, looking on Rotten Tomatoes at what it was opening and being like, maybe I should go see that. And I think it genuinely was just like, this is a movie about computers, and I like computers, so I should probably go see that. Yeah. The, well, and this uh, the, is the thing. Go ahead. What was that? Hmm? This is, well, this is the other, like, thing about my, like, my relationship with Fincher's, like, that. And then, like, I watched Mank and liked it. And, like, I, I, the ones I, the Finchers that I have seen, except for Alien 3, and, like, except for the ones, I, all the Finchers that I've seen that, I, like, I saw in theaters or whatever, I go back to. Like, I, I've watched Gone Girl a couple of times. I've watched Social Network mm. a bunch. Like, I will often, I'll get in, like, Sorkin Jags, where I watch a bunch of Sorkin movies sure. or whatever, and, like, I'll go back to that. Like, so they are movies that I do return to weirdly. Like, he's one of the directors who I, like most has like I guess comfort movies for me, even though I haven't seen a lot of his filmography. I guess it's the last. You would probably like well, then, more of them. That yeah, may be. I would. I just haven't prioritized them. You know? That maybe brings us to what my other uh, uh, Gone Girl thing, which is that the last time yeah. I watched a David Fincher movie other than Mink, I think would have been twenty seventeen when we were going to. Uh, St. Croix, one of the U.S. Virgin Islands, for my mother's 50th birthday, and we mm -hmm. had this hellish flight where we, like, kept getting delayed, and we, like, got to Miami, waited for, like, an hour, they were like, your flight for uh, St. Croix already left, but we might be able to get you on another, we waited for, like, two hours, and they were like, no, actually, this one's cancelled, they put us in a hotel, we get back the next morning... And we all have different seats. I get... Or no, we didn't have different seats, but there was a family that had different seats. And we were like, we will let you have our four seats that are together and we'll just go wherever. I end up next to this couple. The guy, They call the guy in the couple up. He comes back and is like, they offered to put me in first class. And I said no, because I wanted... I don't want to be apart from you, but if you want to go, you're welcome to. She says, no, I also don't want to go. They look to me, and I say, great. See I, you later. <laughs> yep, I now am in first class. The, pl the plane is not taken off. I immediately say, give me a screwdriver. Uh, and then very quickly, I am 19 when this happens, so, uh, mm -hmm. Yeah able to drink on this particular flight, and I think I knew this because I had been to uh, London the previous year, and they also just let uh -huh. me, or, you know, they didn't ask for an ID on that flight either, so I was right. like, ooh, not quite an international flight, but I know that they don't have liquor laws in uh, St. Croix, so I bet I can get away with it. I did. I drink that very quickly and order another one, and I think probably as I'm waiting for the second, the flight is, like, just taking off, and I am like, ooh, this is great, I'll put on a movie, and I put on Gone Girl thinking, ooh, I'll watch Gone Girl, this'll be so nice, not remembering that Gone Girl is two hours and 15 minutes and the flight is an hour and a half. So the last non-Mank David Fincher movie I watched was the first two acts of Gone Girl. The other thing that happened in that first class flight is that they brought out like a nice lunch and there was I think two different breads and I was like they they came back at the end and they were like is there anything else we can get you and I was like if you've got any of that bread left I'll take another one and they gave it to me. Great. <laughs> so um, there's the, the end of my David Fincher history finally. Sure. I guess yeah 
the other thing I should say in full disclosure, I just realized is I like did watch House of Cards, uh, mm. the first five seasons. That is the <laughs> first five. <laughs> you know, you're not like on a witness stand. I'm not. I'm, I'm, no, <laughs> tell us yeah, this. I, no, you do. Ha- this is the thing you do have to disclose. But so, you like, yes. every, yeah. To, you, I, sh- you should go I, knocking down I, your neighbors' doors and disclose <laughs> that information to them. Yeah, you have to let all your neighbors know that you watched yeah. all of House of Cards. Uh, not all. I didn't watch the Robin Wright only. Quit season. after Spacey left. <laughs> I mean, it felt a little tainted at that point for some reason. Yeah, he wasn't on it. <laughs> if anything, it's guilt-free. Mm-hmm. I sh- I, I, maybe I will go back and finish it one day. It's like how but everybody stopped watching like... Bon Appetit after all the controversy happened. <laughs> But like I remember when that when it when it first came out, it was like the first big Netflix binge mm-hmm. release or yeah. whatever, and it was so novel. And like watching it like that, like that, like it had a lot of stuff, and like the feature of it all was just very low for me. But I was aware, like, ooh, this is like directed by like the fancy uh-huh. like, director or whatever. I did watch yeah. the first season of House of Cards as well, and I do think it was probably fully like a Fincher thing. And I watched the first season and was like, eh, that was alright. I don't really know how I feel about this. And then when the second season came out, or maybe even the second season had just come out and it was the same thing with mine. Right. Anyway, I watched the first episode of season two yeah, and he pushed, Kate, he pushed Kate Mara in front of the yeah. uh, Metro car and I was I like, okay, all of the interesting characters on this show are dead. I am out. Sure. Right, yeah. Uh, dead too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, those were the two. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, so that's, you know, it's interesting, like, because, like, he was the one they went to, right, for, like, artistic uh-huh. credibility, like, it was, Yeah, like, I mean... Because, like, Bo Willimon yeah. didn't mean anything to anyone, but, like, sorry, Colin. Oh, contraire, my friend. <laughs> I mean, sorry to me, well, sorry to me as well, the first R-rated movie I saw in theaters, The Ides of March. That's right. I can't sure get I, on an eyes of Mark. Yeah. <laughs> it's the spectacular. We can't. We need to talk about make a little bit at least. Sure. sure. I mean, um, we can, I'm happy to move into my. I'll. I'll. I'm happy to start sprinkling in my notes at any point. Yeah. Uh, sure. Yeah. Let's talk Mank. Let's yeah, talk I mean, Mank. why don't we give Cullen the start on Mank? Because it feels like Cullen's really right. jazzed Cullen, to talk about right. Mank. So, I, I just so want to talk about out, it on the Mankacular. I'm looking at the runtime. first pitch. I think it's great. Um, I think it's really good, yeah. Do we just want to go through really that? Just... Do we want to also get from me and Emilio, is Mank good real quick? Sure, yeah. Well, do you think it's good? Have you changed your opinion on it? Did you enjoy watching it? Where are we sitting? Uh, I don't think I've changed my opinion. I still think it is okay. All right, Amelia. Same. I think it's a little better than okay. I think it is hard like... to. Yeah. I think it's like great sometimes. Is I think my interesting. Opinion sure. It's I think um, I am part of that, except scaled hmm. up to where I'm like sometimes it's maybe the best thing he's made, and then a lot of or some of the other time it's just like no, this is very good. Very solid. Yeah, I think um, it's too stupid to ever be great. Uh, there's certainly points at which I'm like, oh, this is like very watchable, and points at which I'm just like bored. I think, I mean, I think we were going to give the space to Cullen, but I guess I'll start with some thoughts on Meg. Okay. I think it's like a weird movie where I, the entire time I am trying to figure out at what level it's operating at. And I sort of can't get at it. And that is 
what I find sort of frustrating, but it may be what Mank is trying to do. Like, the sort of line that tries to draw between, like, is this trying to do a pastiche of, like, period-appropriate, like, Hollywood sort of filmmaking? Is this supposed to be grounded, but just, like, with characters who existed in this sort of world? Is it supposed to look weird in, in that it sometimes looks like Chris Digital and, again, sometimes it looks sometimes looks like a pastiche of old Hollywood like that is my entire relationship with Mank is just like every single scene like scene to scene being like oh I think I get at what level this movie's operating at and then the next scene being like maybe I didn't and just like never finding my footing in either way yeah that's interesting yeah I don't yeah, I don't know that I ever... I, I, I don't disagree, and then I am kind of just like... I'm never like, oh, this is what Mink is doing. I'm always just like, what is the point here? Uh, yeah. Like, there are, like, long stretches of the movie where I'm like, oh, this is a movie about politics and about stealing elections. And I'm like, that's the worst thing it could be, but then also there's long stretches of it that aren't that, so I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I definitely found it like, like this the 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 ping ponging structure of it all and stuff. I found it much easier to like follow this time. I would think mm. I remember the first time like not being able to quite track like what storyline was happening on what like temporal t- temporality or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, this time true. I did find it. A I lot did also clearer. have an easier time tracking. Yeah, it. and I do like I I think it's yeah I think it's smart and interesting. And I think like yeah I do. Like I think the the like I think the political stuff is interesting, and I think the 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 Hollywood stuff is like yeah it 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 is doing what it sets out to do effectively I think and like the 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 cane of it all also like made a lot more sense to me as like the framing device on this. Mm, maybe I should very quickly get my Citizen Kane thing out, which is that big fans of mine will remember that on the way to Toronto, speaking of not finishing movies on the plane, on the way to Toronto this year, not even on the full DC to Toronto flight, because I had the ridiculous connection in Philadelphia, but between Philadelphia and Toronto, I watched like a half hour of Citizen Kane on my phone, and I was like, this is so good. Uh, Sure. And I had, I have seen, yeah, I mean, I have seen Citizen Kane in a theater. I was just like, oh, let's take a look at some of that. And, and you know, I, you know, I, I was pretty young and remember being like, oh, that's pretty good. Uh, but was, uh, yeah, the, the half hour I was like, ooh, this is really cooking. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe oh, I'd what? also like to get my, oh, uh, yeah, let's give Cullen some time and then Cullen, I'll I don't have any, like, pieces. Okay. okay. What was exciting to in be... Mank to you? What was so exciting? Yeah. What did you love? Um, I mean, it was just, I think it's so gorgeous. I think, um. There's there's a lot of shots early on where you can just like the way that uh, I mean Messer Schmidt won the Oscar we should say since he did uh, it, it did win yeah he won the Oscar and it okay. won one other thing did, did it win it didn't win screenplay did it I don't think no. so. it won like truly an Oscar that did not watch did it win score second. that Oscars. No, uh, that was the no, sole one. It didn't win score. Oh, so yeah. they did uh, win, the but other not. Which I also I do think it is maybe Reznor and Ross's best score. 
Um, hmm. I know everyone loves the social network. Best I production design. Gone Girl's also really good. Uh, yeah, uh, my memory is leaking. Uh, production. Yeah, that makes my. Me- I feel like I like the score much less than I like I than I like Social Network or Gone Girl. I also am just like out on them as composers. Their bones and all score is so fucking bad. The um. Uh, but uh, yeah, I just I love um. Uh, there's the waltz they play when um, Seyfried and Oldman when they're there for the birthday party and they start talking about Sinclair and she's like spilling the beans on Hearst uh, like telling people who's going to get elected or Uh whatever and they go around and they play what's on the the soundtrack as um, St. Simeon waltz because they're at the St. Simeon you know estate and uh, it's so good I listen to it all the time. Um, I think the thing about uh, um, me with movies is that if it looks good and sounds good, I basically am excited enough to say that it is good. Um, and it was so excited that I need to issue a correction from the last time we did the Mictacular. One thing that I do remember <laughs> is I uh, countered uh, someone saying it was a like deeply pessimistic, cynical movie. By saying that I found it optimistic, which isn't true. <laughs> I need to correct the record. You, you didn't say, find it optimistic? No, no it, is, it certainly is not. That uh, it's, it's sort of like so precious about its screenplay. And I think you can feel that like Fincher's using sure. his dad's screenplay. Yeah. And I think a lot of the qualities of it are romantic in a way. I find, mm. I mean, it's so gorgeous. I think the music is so gorgeous that it puts me in a state where my counter was to say optimism That's instead funny. of just beauty. Right. Uh, or like sentimental. Or, right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, I it's a melancholic beauty. Yeah, I, I almost I do think feel, it is. I, I see what you mean. And I, I, I think I find the like, ma- the tension between that, like the like very pessimistic nature of it and his sort of like romantic, this is my dad's screenplay. Look at this guy. Uh, very off-putting in a dissonant. Sure. Uh, I yeah, that's yeah. maybe part of why it doesn't. Really yeah, and work I mean, and, and I and I am in the middle. Like, I think the dissonance is the point, maybe, but I'll never face. I that. guess so. But it. But I mean, there's also the artificiality of everything. With like, I noticed a lot right. this time how you can hear everything echoing, like the recording on sure. sound stages, the cigarette um, the fake cigarette burns oh, are like really bleh. silly. Yeah, uh, I. Yeah. It's funny. I think I got um, really mad at the fake cigarette friends the first time. This time I was just kind of like rolling my eyes. I did forget them, and I was like, "That is." I so forgot that he brought them back, and I was <laughs> yeah, like, "It's very." Uh, I saw. Yeah, I remember one of them because I'm like, I weirdly have a very just like glaze over things, <laughs> like sort of sight when I look at movies. So mm-hmm. I rarely capture details, which is why. Yeah. I often struggle to talk about movies because I do not remember mm-hmm. any details. But speaking but, of uh, details from sure, the sure, movie, sure, sure, yes, yes. Just uh-huh. to further add bad segments into this podcast. Oh boy! I figured, well, we're doing the Mantacular again, which, sure. by definition, though, as we saw earlier today, doesn't fully mean that we rewatched Mank. So. Uh huh. Okay. I took the segment from popular film podcast, The Rewatchables. Whoa. Okay. And I'm going to read them out, and we're going to discuss Mank through this lens. 
Is this going to be a bunch of sports things I don't understand? No, no. Just okay. one, but it'll be funny. <laughs> <that> you don't. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to knock these out. So Great. what's most rewatchable scene? Um, uh, I guess um, I really like the uh, the 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 writers in the bullpen for the first. Yeah, time. yeah. When they're pointing the cigars yes, at each other. It's that's, that. yeah. that's it. That's fine. Is that or nobody but nobody makes a monkey? I think is the other really moment. Know, that's good. Sure. I mean, um, with that we can move on to the next segment. Best quote. Yeah. Um. Make it's me. <laughs> yeah. Make it's Orson Welles. <laughs> it's no, it's not that. It's it's ready and willing to hunt the great white whale. It's sure, yeah, that's sure. a great one. It's, yeah. it's one of the Burke Orson yeah. Wh- Wells. Uh, yeah. I did write down some quotes, I think. No, I mean there's no, a lot of good quotes. Them out. Yeah. Uh, no, sell nothing but a memory. Lot. That's a good line I wrote down. Your flat bush is showing when she like says something in Brooklynese or whatever. I was really taken by everyone calling each other by their initials. I thought that was funny. Yeah, that's great. Uh slip me a Mickey. Don't kick Pops while he's down. These are some of the ones I wrote. Right. Yeah. Willingly checking their disbelief at the door. I do think responsibility. Oldman's really funny in it. I really do like his performance. Uh, I think his, like, being annoying with a quick thing at every single uh, turn that, like, continues to burn him is really funny. Uh-huh. I um, think it's a pretty good performance, but I was watching it the whole time being like, well, wait, 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 we can't do this, actually. There's a, seg- sure. there's a, there's a category that will address this soon. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess this is sort of a, a weird question to ask about this movie, but also we're doing the Banktacular 2, so we have to acknowledge what aged the best. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Um, election fraud, I guess. <laughs> if it came out in, t- I mean, in December 2020, I guess, you know, casting, you wouldn't have known pre. Casting Bill Nye? <laughs> sure. uh, I mean, look, you got Emily in Paris no. before Emily, or no, I guess that was also 2020. Emily Paris. Was Emily in Paris out before, by the time. With Emily in, I think I guess it was because there's a third season now. Wow, that's yeah, crazy. 2020. It feels like the like Mink and the first Minktacular just from an entirely different time in the way that I, I mean, guess they aren't really. I lived in Germany. I was recording that's at like true. 3 a.m. to finish the Minktacular. <laughs> that's true. That's the, the, main, the first um, Minktacular came together so quickly. It was less than a week from well, we yes, should get a, 12 right. guests to talk scram- about yeah. Mink to the episode coming out. We, but um, everyone was free. No one had anything else yep. going on. We could yeah. get I think what is aged best for Definitive Answer is the casting. <laughs> uh, the supporting Burke, casting. I mean, Burke was like... Sure. Burke was like What's he done after right. this, though? Souvenir 2. He's got a little bit. He's in, <laughs> he's in, uh, he's in um, Living. He's in The Wonder. He's going to be in the... He's going to be in the Furiosa movie. No, he got... Furiosa, re- yeah. Did he... Re- no, no, he's in it. He replaced Yaya. He Abdul- replaced okay. Yaya. He is in it. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's fine. Sure. I what forgot which is. direction he's in. What age is the worst? Uh, I mean, the cigarette burns are up there, I think. I uh, guess yeah. I, no, like I like I dislike them less than I did. Uh, what age of the worst? I, I might say the, the election stuff for this one. Mm. I am like even more just like shut up on that. I think it works with 
where make is in the movie as a reflection of that rather than as like a real comment. Um, sure. Yeah I, get, yeah, I guess like in my mind, it is not at all about, I guess like I, my mind did not tie it at all to modern day election fraud. No, is, I didn't sure. either. I'm not saying it's worse yeah. because of that necessarily. I get, I am just, I understand just that, that it like section. it exists there very much as a character beat. I think I maybe am more annoyed now of like it being a character beat. As opposed, like, like, to have it in there and not be, like, about anything politically, I'm just like, okay. I think I'm going to go with Cigarette Burns, too, Andy. Sure. Cigarette Burns it is. Okay, so here we go, Andy, for you. The Dion Waiters Award for Best Heat Check Performance. Andy, are you familiar? Please explain what this is. You you have to explain this to me as well. Are you familiar with what a heat check is? Not in the least, no. (laughs) Okay, so... You're, are you, cons- are you? I assume you're familiar with the concept of being hot, like sexually, no. or like <laughs> like, in, like you're like just yeah, performing yeah. like, like on a, on a, on a, on a hot, hot. You're on fire. You're on fire. On what scope is this? Is this like a you've been hot the last two minutes, or you've been hot the last two weeks? Two minutes. Okay. So th- a heat check is basically like. I, I this is a person who is basically taking a wild shot because they're like I'm hot maybe this will go in, so yeah. the Dion Way and Dion Waiters okay. is, a, is a player right. known it's for like, that. Uh, right, sure. it's a player so being like, like right. I'm gonna try so I'm gonna try be, some stuff. And it so the shot can have missed or it can have gone or, or he could have made it, but it's just like a wild okay. take. Somebody, somebody. Decided. I guess it's Cyphered then, right? Yeah, I, I think that's a good call. Um, I think it's her. No, I think it's I think it's Gary Oldman. He's like, I won an Oscar. I can do whatever I want. I'm working with one of the great directors, and then uh, it about it flies over the backboard. But he nails it. Is the thing. (laughs) He hits a Steph Curry no look. (laughs) You're the thing about Cipher. Cipher is actually what I said should in age the best. I guess I don't. I'm not really giving my thoughts out on this category. Yeah, you haven't said your answers yet. But I think I thought about Cipher while watching the movie. Is that basically before that Cipher was like not to like put her in any like weird thing but she was like attractive leading lady just like a person you would put as like the number one in a rom i mean yeah it's like first reform but that was like like that movie's not using her enough like that yeah well i don't know about that i feel i feel like there were people who were starting to be like oh she's really good in she's in it a lot and i feel like that was like some people were willing to be like oh this is really good like this should be in the conversation in the way that Ethan Hawke is. I think, I think that's a good performance, but I also think it is sort of trafficking in like what I thought Amanda Seyfried was before, where it's like, she's got some presence. She's got like some acting ability. And then in Mank, she like fully comes up. She does like a character, a voice. She like fully seems like another person. And then the friggin' Elizabeth Holmes show dropped and everybody was like, is she sort of an incredible actress and just doing weird, right. weird ass shit and we just like never let her yeah. do this? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I've only engaged right. with that show in gift form, but it does seem like a good performance. It's good. Yeah. I've, I've only seen the first two or three episodes, I think, but yeah, she's good in it. I haven't even really gotten to her doing the voice yet, but like, oh. it's fun that she did the voice a lot. Like, 
That yeah, one yeah. that one interview where like it was like her and Liz Merriweather and she offered to do the voice so that it was easier to distinguish between them. That's really fun that she did that. Um yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. I like that she was so good in it that Jennifer when it when it was announced right, Adam that McKay was Jennifer like yeah, movie. but like when it was announced Adam McKay was like oh whatever there's a TV show we're still interested in doing it and then it came out and someone asked Jennifer Lawrence she was like no Amanda Seyfried's so good I don't need to do that yeah there are, yeah. there are valid reasons for saying both old men and Seyfried for heat check but I do want to point to the Dion Waiters of it all and say Dion Waiters was famously a role player. He was just a person who would come in and take some shots and see if he was hot. So I do think there is some value to picking a person who's smaller than that, but we can also roll that in with the next category, the Joey okay. Pants That Guy Award for Best That Guy in oh Meg. Oh, boy. Maybe this is where Arliss Howard get, picks it up. Oh, but I, mean, I, I have I one. I it's know. either it's either Arliss Howard or Dance, I guess, right? Dance, I think. Yeah, but yeah. I mean, there's got to be someone else who's like, oh, I, I love this guy. Well, so I have one that's maybe not quite what this is supposed to be, but I have the same thing happen both times I watch the movie, which is there's that yeah. guy in, like, the middle of the movie uh, who... He, he has the two scenes where, like, he asks Oldman for a dollar... And then, yes, and, and, then, the and then he comes back movie. a little later, and yeah, he's like... And both times I've watched the movie and be like, Ooh, I know that guy. I really like that guy. Who's that guy? And then I look him up, and I'm like, I've never seen this guy in anything else in my life. Jeez. Uh. So yeah, that him... <laughs> he makes me think that he's a that guy, even though he isn't. You know, I want to change my answer. Yeah. I'm going to say... And it's a new one, but I'm going to say Joseph Cross. Because then he pops up in Licorice Pizza. He is very good And has that. a little bit there. And I just think... Who is he? You know, in Mank? He, in Mank, he is the guy who goes to the writer's room and he's um, Seyfried's nephew or whatever. Right. Okay. Um, and he takes her... He, he introduces uh, Mank to uh, Hearst. Yeah. yeah. Right. Um, but he was in... Um, what was he in when he was a kid? Uh, or he's in Lincoln, he's in Milk, he's in uh, sure. Wide Awake is the thing he was in as a kid. Oh, is sure. he oh, right, the right, kid right. in Wide Awake? He's the kid wow. in Wide Awake, yes. Yeah. Um, and then Sleepy he, he came back I've seen. Um, mm-hmm. in like the, the you know early 2010s, late 2000s. Sure. Six episodes um, of Big Little Lies, two episodes of Mad right. Hunter. Right, yes. Oh yeah, he's he's the theater guy in uh, Big Little Lies. No, he's like a hot waiter, I think. Waiter, in the first right. season, who Woodley, yeah. and he's with Shailene Woodley. Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. don't think he comes back. In theory, if no, he I could have, so. it would have made sense. But yeah, it's like she's like but maybe that's, that's my thing. Yeah. yeah, and then I think I am gonna I'm gonna stick um, I'm gonna stick I'm gonna stick with Arliss Howard for my Dion waiters because he is just like throwing so he's like doing the biggest thing for me i think he's so funny and uh his like sort of uh caricature he's almost doing the michael lerner in um barry no uh, uh what is that movie called why can i think of it uh, uh Fink. Fink. and <laughs> he uh, uh you know just like the sort of loud uh arliss howard is no michael lerner <laughs> sure i mean i think he's very good at this movie <laughs> fine 
he's one of the he's a one of the better performances in the movie. Uh, yeah, those are my picks. Is that the last category? Or is there more? No, there are a lot more categories. Okay. <laughs> a lot. Wow. <laughs> Next are we allowed to do these? Are the, these aren't like copyrighted, trademarked? No. I, what you're saying I, you should probably I, speed through these next few ones, right? <laughs> I'd love to get a cease and desist from the ringer. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like to see them try, frankly. <laughs> Hi, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Bill Simmons. <laughs> I listened to a couple of your White Lotus reaction pods. They weren't good. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard Bill Simmons on a podcast. I've certainly listened What's, to what? Ringer podcasts, but not one that he has been on. I guess they've What's not the been category? ringer movie okay, podcasts. The next category been... is one I assume will get contentious given the, already the tenor of this conversation, but it is the Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight They Knew Award, which I believe they have since renamed to be about Magnolia, You Don't Fucking Know Me. But I, I when sure. I listened to it, it was just about... It's just an overacting award. It is for... Oh. Oh. I don't think anyone's oh, particularly that's overacting in this movie. I feel like everyone is um, either pitched right or pitched too low. Uh, that's an interesting one. Yeah, I nothing. No one jumps to mind. It's like yeah, too like I wish big. there were more movie, more performances that were too big in this movie. Like obviously, like Seifried is obviously the biggest, but right like, and right and like that be, like, works great. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna say the guy who plays Charlie Chaplin, who does the Hitler mustache and wiggles his like he leans a little too hard into the Chaplin of it all. Sure, that's my pick. I'm, I don't even know who that bozo is. Oh, I'm, yeah, yeah, maybe, yeah, I'm going to yeah. say Emily in Paris wins this one. Oh, she's so good! <laughs> is she the wife or the nurse? She's, she's the, the wife. The wife. The nurse. She's the nurse. No, no, no. She's the wife of the soldier. She's not Meg's wife. Yes. Right. Yeah. Okay. Why would we yeah. be thinking Sorry. of the soldier? <laughs> but she's not the nurse. She's just I there. Do. The nurse I is the German lady. I, I, I've been trying she to get the, my... She's uh, the assistant. She is not the nurse. She oh, she's not the nurse, you're right. Because, yes, I will now share a note, which is that one of the notes I took was, it looks to me like Emily in Paris wrote Citizen Kane. She's doing the writing. You just said sure. Very interesting observation, Jesse. Yeah. Is this is, is, I mean, these are, this is the level of all of these notes. Some of them aren't that coherent. Okay, I'll do. Yeah. I'll skip some and I'll do some very quickly. Casting what ifs is one they do where they talk about other people who could be in the movie. That one famously. We'll yeah, Zach Galifianakis is. Well, that's one, one of the other Marvel notes Marvel. is we need to revisit if Zach Galifianakis should play Mank. There is. I, I was a very confident yes. I think I still think he would be better than Oldman. I don't. He's not who I would pick anymore. I think. Because there is, like, the version of this movie that is, like, approaching just being, like, a very long drunk history episode. And certainly he would be good for that. I, I would l rather watch that movie than this movie. I don't think it's the most interesting version of me. I, or even, I would like, like to script. I would like to clarify that casting what-ifs are about people who actually may have 
been oh. part of the movie. Oh. Rumored yes. to be in the, the, okay. the segment where you recast <laughs> the movie is called the recasting couch, and we're gonna get to that later. <laughs> Are there any, did, did you look this up? Um, apparently, when it, he was first trying to oh, get right. it made, it was Jodie Foster. It was Jodie Foster and Kevin Spacey. That was like <laughs> prayer. That would have <laughs> Foster as Seyfried, I think. I don't know if it works, but yeah. I know. It's, it's certainly a very different energy. No, because yeah. it's like, I think part of the energy with Mank in Davies. Well, I guess it's maybe he was just like a hard living guy, but I feel like there is like a difference in age there. Whereas, like, I don't like yeah, Kevin sure. Spacey and Jodie Foster feel like either they're, they're the, like same the same, right? Or they Jodie Foster is older. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess I don't know what the difference in age between the two of them, but I feel like it would have well, been yeah. fine for them. Oldman is famously closer. too old to play Man right? This. Which like, I guess was maybe right. where Galifianakis came from, because I'm like, that's closer. Yeah. 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 Okay, the other seg- the segment after this is half-ass internet research, which I have decided to grant to the entirety of... Oh God, I forgot what it's called. Raising Cain, which is <laughs> the famous the... the famous essay which Mank is kind of based yes. on, which is, Uh-oh. by all accounts, very fake and not... Like, the Pauline right. Kale, yeah, the Pauline oh, Kale oh, sort of screed okay. against Orson Welles yeah. that uh-huh. then Bogdanovich had to like write a rebuttal to in Esquire. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of rebuttals, a lot of different people being in like she, Old, yeah, she Old did not New York literary. She did not beeps. talk to me, yeah. and these, this is not the true. All of this seems to be based on the account of one person, which is like the in the movie, it's the guy who like brings uh, Mank to the. To the house like that sure. guy. Oh, and it's like yes. keeping track of the, the producer guy. Yeah, yeah, the, oh. yeah. Okay. keeping track of like the the fake liquor and everything. Oh, that guy. Yeah, okay. yeah that the British guy. That British guy is like the, seems to be the one person who Holly <laughs> Kale seems to actually have talked to. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> regarding <laughs> the writing of of Citizen Kane, That's which is funny. interesting because apparently yeah. that guy in like real life he was like a partner of. Uh, Orson Welles is at the Mercury Theater, and that's why he trusted him to go right. do that Handle thing. Mankin Keep Mank in line. Yeah. Keep Mank in line. Mm-hmm. Um, probably unanswerable questions. That's like a weird segment that I don't think they ever do right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Bill Simmons is just like, yeah. uh, uh, the next, why did this happen? The <laughs> next like, segment, mean, the next <laughs> segment is one that I think is sort of like, Easy to answer. Wait, hold on. I have an unanswerable question also from uh, my notes, uh, which is the first note. And I'll read verbatim and then I'll translate. The note reads, how many people open up the Netflix all and your mink into their search bar per week? The question I meant to write, I believe, is how many people every week open up the Netflix app and type mink into their search bar? I would guess single yeah. digits. I would guess people aren't going back to Mank. Single digits maximum. But Even then though, also, like, you know, of the people who are watching it, is it like, more people who are like, I want to watch Mank, or is it just like, they, no, I mean, yeah, yeah, like, the people, people who are rewatching that, Mank are right. just, like, scrolling through Netflix, and they're either like, right. oh, maybe I'll see how I feel about that now. That's how or people watch everything like, Oh, I never people got back to People don't seek Mank. things out on Netflix. They it's, just do the scroll. Right, until which is why I watch. only use Netflix, like, uh, three times a year, because I do only open it up when there's a specific movie I want to watch. Right. Yeah. Here, I have something to say. Just on the concept of people rewatching Mank. Uh huh. 
a lot of people try to hop on the main train, and I don't want to talk, like get into gatekeeping, <laughs> but some of us were here since day one, <laughs> and there's people who think it's funny to say they like Mank, and some of us who actually take it seriously, and I just want to send this out a letter of hate <laughs> to the people you who think, this. You who be think it's this. funny <laughs> to talk about You should about edit Mank. this out, Cullen. You shouldn't be saying this. I'm going to edit you out because I'm <laughs> right. I fully support Cullen in this. I would like to be kept on my side of the mank gate. Um, and then the other thing, I think we need to talk about the mank couple. No! We have to. It's a that, huge part of mank's no, history. You yeah, it is not. Bad it is not. We don't need to no. talk about it. It's a huge part of mank's Did you engineer that you were editing this one so you wouldn't have to edit that out? <laughs> The mate, I'm not gonna talk about the main couple for a long time. I'm not participating. I'm gonna mute this. Let me give me a thumbs up. No, when you're you done. can't mute me. Give me a thumbs up when you're done. That is ridiculous. But I'm just gonna say that the main couple is real, or not anymore. They broke up. Um, but uh, there was a couple of people who started dating each other because they both like Mank, which is crazy. This is all. It's just like that's it. And, and they talked about it on your precious Ringer podcast, Emilio. You know, they had the main couple on they, on the rewatchables. I don't know if it was on the rewatchables, no, it on the but big, it was on the it was on the big, pod, it was it, big picture. It was on the big yeah. picture, okay. which I do not understand. I do not understand. <laughs> okay, this guy. It's about the big picture. I am a re. I want to be. I will say the only Ringer podcast that I support is the defunct whatever baseball barbecue was called when it was on the Ringer. And they, of course, uh, sure. do not uh, host that podcast anymore. So. was like, I only listened when it was Hollywood Prospectus. <laughs> Are you done? Can uh, we bring Andy back in? Yeah, you can come in, Andy. I just had to say that. Okay. okay. So I will never know whatever you just said. Okay. We're going to do... Just three th- three next categories. The first one is a little dumb to do because it's such a recent movie, but they usually do a segment where if like if they made this movie now again, would it be a ten part Netflix series? No. Which is like no. They they would not. <laughs> yeah. One could argue it barely supports its own runtime. Uh <laughs> next segment. Apex Mountain. Is this movie's anybody's Apex Mountain? By which they mean, is this anybody's highest point? No. Maybe it was Cyfred. You could make an argument it was Cyfred when it came out. It's not with the dropout, and I think it will also be surpassed clearly in terms of movies for her. Uh... It, it's clearly Jack Fincher's Apex Mountain, I think. Sure, that's a good call, because he's dead. Uh, um, no, I think his Apex Mountain is his uh, being, is still being David Fincher's father. As yeah, opposed to having written this movie. Um, my vote is, and it's an optimistic one, is that I hope for a new Apex to be reached. But I'm going to say Tuppence Middleton. Who I think is really good, and she plays Mrs. Make, Make's wife. Well, uh, I mean, maybe by default. What else has she done? I think she was on Pretty Little Liars, but I could be wrong. All right. Well, she's been in stuff. No, wait, but no, Pretty Little Liars is inarguably bigger for her than for than Make is. <laughs> is she related <laughs> to the like royalty Middletons? No, I don't believe she is so. an American person. I believe okay. she. I will Church, say she does. She's not an. Have... 
She's an American she's... named Tuppence Middleton? No, she's English. She's English. She's okay. English. Thank you. Uh, I will say Mank not in her known for on IMDb, so it does not bode well for it being her Apex Mountain. Okay, but the, uh, her known for is the current war, imitation Ugh. game, the Tom Harper Warren piece, which no one has seen, Ugh. and since eight. <laughs> but she's been in a lot. Oh, well, it's she's probably probably be a new era. If she's yeah, possessor. It's probably not this. She doesn't have much to do she's, in this. She's just generally in Downton. Jupiter Ascending. In, in, she's in the first Downton Abbey movie too. Trance, and she's not on Pretty Little Life. No, she's I not. Wrong. I think I was confusing her with another person. I think I was as well. To an American person, yeah, Tuppence yeah. a bag. So nobody's Apex Mountain, but we do have to get to the. I mean, maybe we threw some out. <laughs> yeah, it... I stand by mine. What do I you... don't think. Jack Fincher, I mean, it's like by default, but I would also argue that, like, him being the father of uh, Academy Award, one, he hasn't won, but, like, famous director David Fincher probably ranks highly than yeah. a screenplay mm-hmm. he wrote sometimes. He got nominated for this screenplay, didn't he? Didn't the screenplay get nominated? I think so. I think I so. Guess. I guess it's so. Yeah, sure. It's just giving the apex mountain to a deceased person, is almost, that's, like, almost cruel. <laughs> That's like that, <laughs> no, I think that's beautiful that David like, you know, gave Was him this to one last it. moment. Uh, he brought his I, corpse onto him. Well, then I, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll be cruel and say I don't think it's an especially good screenplay. Well, it, it's like I guess not it's like terrible, you you... but it's not very good. I think it's got some stuff in it. Yeah, it's got good. some stuff in it. He maybe should have <laughs> I, right, the dialogue brought is good, someone in like, to do more significant work on it. It's snappy. It's fun. Uh, I mean, it, like, I, I think they, this is uh, one of those things where it's like by du- they wanted they like did the WGA thing so Jack Fincher could get like the solo credit, but Eric Roth has said that he's done like he did like well, pretty significant. Someone right? other than that. <laughs> maybe maybe it was better. Maybe it was better, maybe it was worse. Who can really say with Eric Ross? What's the next category? This is the final one we're going to do. Great. Great. Who won the movie? Who wins Mank? Amanda Seyfried. Can we say the audience? No, we can't say the audience. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, do Amanda Seyfried. Clear, clear Amanda Seyfried win. I, I, guess... I don't think you can make an argument for anyone else. I guess I'll, I'll I'll listen to it, but it's hard for me to imagine it. Yeah. Um, can I be annoying and say David Fincher? I was I was <laughs> it's thinking a about big that, L for and David I don't Fincher. Think you I think can even do that. I even if you like the movie, it is like culturally a big L for him in that like people care about David Fincher much less than they did before Mink came out. But, I mean, before Mink came out, in the gulf of six years, I think he sure. lost his cultural cachet, not no. after Mink came I out. Think well, no, because I think come... it's a step down from Mindhunter. Like, it's like, like, Mindhunter. Do you think people see it? Is that no one, Mindhunter is so small. Uh, yes, but people were like, know. I mean, well, it's Mindhunter has the thing of where people are like, it's the only good TV show or whatever, which I guess, I, you know. <laughs> I don't remember. Mindhunter is good. I, th- I mean, I think I the like biggest, I think the biggest problem in notoriety for him was just like 
it being a movie that came out on Netflix. That is certainly this a is the thing. It's problem. like him now being like it's. Cur- I'm curious how the next Netflix movie is going to go. Like is like the thing. The... Where, like, I'm not don't have enough information to assess at the moment because like how is the killing going to be rolled out? And right. Like, yes, I'm curious about that, but I'm much less like I feel like it matters less because of Mink because I feel like the, even the like ceiling. I, I think the, the floor is definitely lower. Like, I think there's a chance that it just, like, Netflix doesn't care about it, doesn't give it the big festival run, and it just, like, totally goes over with a thud. I also think the floor is just high, lower of, like, it's... I mean, it, it, it just, like... I mean, the ceiling's lower of, like, it's tough for... It, it just, like, there's a sheen that it could have had even being a Netflix movie of, like, it could have been... Like, this is the big Netflix movie. Everyone's still really excited for it in 2023. Even if it had been nine years since his last movie, I think with Mank, there's just, like, no world where it's that. Even if it is, like, a big crowd pleaser and ends up, like, going over pretty well. And maybe that is more because of it just, like, had an unfortunately timed release than because it's bad. But... It is still an L for David Fincher. Can I say Jack Fincher here? <laughs> that we're back to being mean to Jack Fincher, I think. <laughs> Vincent Van Gogh ass taking your big W. Close death. I think it kind of. I think it is Cyfred. In that yeah. she she is what comes out of Mank. I mean, it's arguably like Eric Messerschmitt. He won an Oscar. What's he up to? Sure. I mean, aside for he didn't, and uh, I guess what's Messerschmitt up to? I, guess I don't think people. Funny. It's not like it like launched him into the category of like this is a cinematographer who people who aren't really into cinematographers know. Like it's not like he's Roger Deakins now. He's doing. It didn't Chivo him up. Uh, he did Devotion, um, but then he's doing The Killer and he's doing the new Michael Mann. I mean, like he's he certainly is like in the zone to become a guy, but I think it is just like so. The, the barrier to entry of, like, being a cinematographer who is a guy is enough that, like, not yet. Um, yeah. I mean, like, you know, I think, like, many I... of the support, many of the other supporting actors, it is also a win for, but just, like, not as big a win. It's a win for Barless Howard, it's a win for Joseph Cross, not on the Seyfried level, obviously. I guess I don't see, I mean... Seyfried is arguably the best in the movie. Um, but I don't see it as much of, like... I don't think Mank got her the dropout. I don't think, like, Mank was the thing that solidified her as much as everyone else does, I guess. I think it for sure is. I don't think it got yeah. her the dropout. I think the dropout was just a job you get if you're, like, a famous actress. But I do think it's, like, the sort of thing... I mean, it was, like, her first Oscar nom, right? Yeah. Exactly. And if you, sure. if, you think definitely of, if you think of Cypher like... before Mank, you're like Mamma Mia, which is like, I like Mamma Mia, but it... it... I mean, I... Uh, yeah. I did, this perf- it, and yeah, like, this before. performance was treated very differently from the first perform- performance. Certainly. Sure. It's a much of a media role. Yeah. 
So we're done with the rewatchables games. Yeah, there are other categories, but I think... Do I I have any... Well, just looking at the clock, we got about 30 minutes total left. Great. I mean, yeah, is there anything... I have one more note that I'd like to get to, which is that I would like to... We've, We've gotten into this a little bit, but I would maybe like to have a, like, more legitimate revisiting the conversation of does this movie look good? Which is to say that my answer to this is just, like, we don't know because this is, like, the worst possible designed movie for the Netflix compression algorithm. Sure. I think it... I watched it off of Netflix, so I was not, um... Sure. ...beaten down by that. I think it looks but very good. there's not... I assume that means that you is there have they they haven't put out a blu-ray for this movie yet right i am not aware of it it was from a blu-ray. so i don't know right. so yet. like what you watched came from netflix still but presumably. there is something that is yeah but a compression I, something, I, it's possible yes. you know it's certainly streaming it it looks worse than a file yeah it would. that's possible I do think streaming it, it just like, ugh. Uh, it, yeah. I, I, mean, I am one just that like, does not hold up to streaming. Yeah, unless you have very strong internet. Mm-hmm. I, have, I have whatever. Yeah, I mean, I have my internet's perfectly fine. Lots of movies look good using my internet. This movie looks. Sure. I'm just like. It's not even that it looks bad with the streaming quality. I'm just like, I can see that it is being compressed much more than I can see with most movies. Yeah. So, like, I, I don't know. Really, I, uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't have that experience. I watched it through Netflix on my Apple TV on my, like, 4K TV. So it was like, and I have, sure. we, I get the, like, the 4K UHD like Netflix. Netflix or whatever. So mm-hmm. yeah. it's like the the best of their streaming sure. level. And like mm-hmm. I know App, Apple TV specifically is like one of the better like it like it, sure. it, it uh it usually has better image quality than some okay. other like things, but I thought it looked good. Uh I didn't I wasn't like, "Oh my god, this is the best mo- looking movie I've ever seen or whatever." But um yeah, I think I thought it looked I mean, my instinct yeah. is still just to say, like, oh, the way it's done black and white digital looks stupid. But I am, like, it's possible that that would work if I, like, saw it in a theater or on a Blu-ray. Yeah. None of us ever did the, like, when it was, like, in the Best Picture showcases or whatever that year, right? No. No, it was before I went back to theater. Yeah. I, I mean, my first movie back was The Father, but it was, like... A month after the Oscars had happened, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And like, I, I do mean, think I, AFI I showed time. it at some point after they reopened, which would have been like later that summer. But I didn't get to that either. I would like to say, I think it's like my it's like my same thoughts about Mac just generally. I think sometimes it looks incredible, and a lot of times I'm just like, what's happened? Mm-hmm. I think that the like nighttime, like if I would have said something for like the most rewatchable scene, I would have said like the nighttime stroll that uh, mm-hmm. Mag takes with yeah Cypress the first and, and where, they, where she first says nerds yeah where she first says nerds and they and they walk around like I think that part looks that's a good scene like where it looks yeah so, that's the scene where they play uh, the the waltz I was talking about yep. It just look. I think it looks very good, and I think it looks very good in that it's uh, 
it looked very unreal in a yes. very interesting, interesting way where it looked sort of looked empty and they i saw an interview where they were like yeah we shot that all during the daytime that's why it is uh, a Cohen's sending screenshots and i am like <laughs> these look much better than my impression of the movie looking is yeah these are obviously like big shots where there's a lot of if lights the, and there's a lot of like if the movie looked like this i think i would like it much more <laughs> See, yeah, this is what... Uh, <laughs> Maybe not much more, like but I would go from, like, mixed negative to mixed positive, possibly. I do... I want to go back to a thing Cullen said, now that we've talked about uh, Mank a lot, which is that you said, uh, when you when we first started talking about Mank, you said, uh, I'm basically willing to just say that I like any movie that looks good and sounds good. And I immediately thought, I cannot distract us from Mink now that we've just started talking about Mink. How do you not like Bardo? That is the level on which Bardo works. Oh boy, we don't need to talk about Bardo. It just loses me in the second half. Uh, I was I okay, was basically like, there fair. still. That's fair. And then it just it, is, it loses a lot of steam. I, and then I the see sort what of you mean. What it is, I just wasn't I guess. into. Uh, I wanted to like Bardo so much. I was very sad. <laughs> There's more halfway through. <laughs> there, definitely more of the good stuff is in the first half. Yeah. I like, I like the callback to the axolotl scene. I think sure, but yeah, it does. Yeah. It loses some steam in a way that probably bothered me less in the movie theater. Yeah, I, in a movie theater, I would have liked it more. Yeah. And also, if it was just Jesus. about him actually winning two Oscars, I would have think I would have probably given it like five stars. Possibly, yeah. It probably should have just been that. The no, I don't, I don't. None of the journalism stuff necessarily bothers me, but it is definitely uninteresting, and it does not yeah. seem like there's actually a reason that it is that. But yeah. All right. <laughs> the the mystery of why I did was uh, I did not give a positive rating to Bardo has been solved. <laughs> um, I'm still I'm done I'm with my st- notes. I'm, I'm still very optimistic about Bardo. Uh, yeah, I mean it's I, you I might hope you can get there. Yeah, people maybe. like Again, you know, there. I it, listen. I don't I don't know what the process for unrolling the listed in review online is but i did vote on that list this year i have a ballot that either they will publish or i will publish so look out for that so do we have any other thoughts yeah on do we want to do like any main thoughts any closing of the year for our podcast thoughts um, I think it's been a great year of podcast by yeah. us. Uh-huh. Yeah, there's we been a lot some, of good episodes. We did some I real was, festival I mean, coverage. If we, if no one has anything else to say about Mink, I can say like that there are parts of this year that were like really rough for me. And coming to back, coming back to this podcast when I did, and like having it in the second half of the year has been like really, really wonderful. Uh, and like I, yeah. I think we on air thanked a uh, friend of the show, Bill Beery, for mentioning us in Vulture. Yes. That was really wonderful yeah, to that get was that. So huge. That was big so highlight. Yeah. We really appreciate that. Uh, we'll yeah, probably my, have him yeah, on sometime giving my early parents next something year to, brag to about. thank him in person. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, certainly it was like, yeah, uh, yes, uh, and like it, 
I I feel like have been feeling like in the last like month like really good about doing this podcast. That's great. Um, and yeah, a, a big thanks to um everyone. As we d- did say earlier, we didn't have a lot of guests on this year. Yeah, but everyone that we uh, reached out to it was very good to have them on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, I uh... was like, yeah. I was, like, wondering, like, oh, should I just, like, make my special presentation, like, an episode of the podcast or something to be, like, we had a good year or whatever. I probably won't do that, but, like, there's a lot of, uh, looking back, I looked back and was, like, there's, that was, like, there's a lot of them where I was, like, oh, that was a good one. Yeah, I mean, and there's, like, there's a lot of stuff of, like, oh, we should do more stuff like that next year. Like, I feel like we made good inroads into, like, these are the ways to do the podcast that aren't just, like, everyone watches a movie and then the listeners have to watch a movie. Because I think there's times when we're really good at that and times where it's just, like, that's not the most interesting thing we could be doing. Not to get into yeah. our year-end meeting early. Right, yeah. Yeah. If I were to look back at the year of episodes, I feel like I could have a breakdown just considering how much time as this year has felt like it has went by fast within uh-huh. most in recent memory. Yeah. But I do think we had a lot of great episodes. Yeah. And I had a lot of good times, great times yeah. wa- uh, watching movies and recording mm-hmm. with you all. Yeah, we finally talked about a book. will not be about that. We did. We went book mode. We did go mm-hmm. book mode. That is we somewhere did. I thought we... We can we bring did. book mode back. Yeah. Amelia was so against the, the ever that's, even... That's broke Yeah, it is. It, yeah, we broke the whole... I mean, I doubt we're... I'm not expecting we're ever <laughs> broke You the won't whole. believe the shit That's Amelia not... tried to give us when we pitched a book. <laughs> I, 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 so I'd much. like to clarify that when some of the few times we have said doing books before, War and Peace was thrown out. What? That's ridiculous. Believe me, Andy was like, we'll watch all three versions and read it. <laughs> Listen, I don't know if we'll ever read a novel. I feel like it would be Probably hard to not. find a novel that all three of us want to re- all four of us want to read. We could read a Probably novel if be... we have like six months of lead time. Like if we had like <laughs> yeah. infinite time. I think, I'd read I think that's too much. Yeah, I mean, uh, too much. But uh, I mean, I'd like to say like I've also been sort of reflecting on the year end and I've been thinking about a lot of like. I really went to can this year. Like did you, you sure? Yeah, fucking did. <laughs> we were all press at TIFF. It, right. Mm-hmm. Well, the can thing also was crazy because it came together in like three weeks or uh-huh. something nuts. <laughs> like it was like <laughs> came together in the generous way of describing it, considering it almost fell apart. Sure. <laughs> considering um, I was I was almost stranded in France due to the novel coronavirus. <laughs> I yeah. had a, a host of other problems that I don't yeah. even know if I should like, get into on this podcast. Right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. But, and, uh, but yeah, and also, yeah, and yeah, the TIFF thing was huge, obviously. Yeah. That yeah. was like, that was so cool to like yep. go there and mm-hmm. wear those badges. I still have mine like near my bed. I, or I, yeah, I, have, my, I, can I have my can badge and my hand, badge next to each other. Yeah. Let me get um, one from every festival. I'm saying it now. Right. Did yeah. at one point in this fe- in this during the recording of this podcast that I Google prices to flights to Berlin? Don't <laughs> worry about that. I mean that's it. yeah. Here's the here's the tiff pass. Certainly the like thing that feels like the next thing for me is like I would really like to go to Berlin. It will not happen this year. Maybe or next year. Sure. Maybe 2024 is the Berlin. Did we ever year. talk on the podcast about how Colin almost went to Berlin and then didn't? 
It's I think we did because we had yeah. teased it before it was going to Yeah, right. We were like, right, because it was so early in the podcast. We were just like, and maybe next week Cullen will have been to Berlin. Yeah. And, and then, then uh, no and one went my... to a film festival for a year and a half. It's true. I would have been to like the last film festival. Uh huh. <laughs> would have been um, a hell of a story. I mean, it, it's like, yeah. not to go back to the can thing, but it's the thing that I thought about, like, right after I did it, I was like, that was a disaster. I'm never doing that <laughs> again. And right now I'm, like, fondly remembering it. And I, that's just, like, mm. a very bad way your brain mm-hmm. works, where I'm just like, I should yeah, go to yeah. can again. I mean, I, right like, on a very different note, I feel like this is the year I figured out how to, like, go to a film festival and actually take care of it myself and, like, feel like I am good at being at a film festival and it is a healthy thing to do and I can not feel bad that I'm taking a press pass and falling asleep. Though I didn't fall asleep in Toronto last year either, but the last time that I fell asleep at a film festival did happen last year, and I have hope that it is both the most recent time and the last time ever. I like this was a good year for that as well. Yeah. I famously uh, fell asleep during the shortest movie at TIFF. That wasn't a short film. <laughs> Will of the Wisp. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who knows how much I missed, <laughs> but I definitely missed it's parts of it. Yeah, I think that Sorry, was we still have a where... Of that? <laughs> yeah. I, I cannot mention the movie that I fell asleep at TIFF because it would almost it would undermine my opinion of most films <laughs> I saw this year, considering yeah. just how many of them <laughs> I just fell asleep for periods of. Sure. Um, well, with that, do we want to move on to special presentations? Yeah, that's reasonable. I did say special. I did not mean to. <laughs> I always um, forget we do these. What am I like... up to? Uh, I can do a quick one. I don't. Did I talk about sun gold kiwis on a different episode, or have I just been talking about that a lot in my life? Maybe. I certainly do not remember you talking about Sun Gold Kiwis at all. So yeah, I'll just quickly plug uh, Sun Gold Kiwis. They're like kiwis, but they're yellow inside. The the middle is really sweet, and the outside is really tart. You cut it in half. You carve it out with a spoon. It's one of the most refreshing, fruity treats I've been into recently. You can find yourself... Maybe the the other problem is I haven't had a real kiwi in a while, so I don't know if they all taste this good or if the Sun Golds are that much better, but I will recommend the Sun Gold Kiwi. I can go. I've The last three movies I've seen have all been really good, actually, but the one I'll go with is uh, The Cathedral, which is a, a bit of a callback to uh, the beginning of the Sundance. year. And, yeah, yeah. and also to the... My, me, my Sundance coverage. You did. I mean, you saw it at Sundance. It's also a callback to me not really having it together during Rotterdam and thinking I was going to be able to watch that movie there. And then I think I would have asked, had to ask someone and never did that. But I finally caught up with it. And I think it's really, really wonderful. This is the second feature from Ricky de Ambrose. Uh that is about his family and his childhood. Uh, the big actor who's in it is uh, Brian Darcy James, is playing his father uh, in a performance that, like, I weirdly was like, he's reminding me, and I didn't... And this kind of is, like, comes through in the... Uh, he. I read an interview with Ricky D'Ambrose where he said, like, oh, I was thinking this should be, like, 
a big brash Italian guy, and then my casting agent said, what about Brian Darcy James, or casting director said, what about Brian Darcy James, and I was like, that's really interesting, and there is some different stuff that he's bringing to it, but I was also like, this performance reminds me of, like, Ray Liotta as I was watching it. Uh, he's really great, but the movie is just, like, it is this, like, he, I, I have it, I've seen one of his shorts, I hadn't seen notes on an appearance, but, like, new going in, like, he is such a formalist, people comparing him to, like, Scrabouillet, and I think, and Brisson, and I think this is both true of him and true of those people that, like, it is just, like, very disappointing that, like, he kind of gets, like, caught in that mold, because, like, it is true, but I think it is a deeply, deeply empathetic and emotional movie as well. Uh, I I said this on Twitter, that, like, the way that he chooses to frame the movie, like, explicitly at the beginning, you know, like, the movie, he, he's talked about, like, it is, like, it's less a coming of age than it is the sort of rise and fall of this family unit, and to specifically frame that around the erasure of queerness is, like, a very moving decision to me. And, like, there's stuff at the end that also, like, really destroyed me. Uh, and it is was also very disconcerting that uh, his name in the movie is Jesse. And it's good that people say the names of a young child more than a teenager, so it happens less as the movie goes on that someone just says, Jesse? Uh, but yeah, I think that movie's really, really wonderful. Uh... And we'll talk about it a little bit on our awards episode, because I'm making Colin and Emilio catch up with it. Yeah, I should probably rewatch. It's been a hot minute. <laughs> we'll see if I, if, if I fit it into catch up. Yeah, I mean, um, there's stuff I should rewatch that I won't. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'll go now. I mean, yeah, there's... I've been, yeah, I've been watching a lot, a lot, a lot of good stuff recently. Um, I'm gonna, I, you know, I don't think I'm going to get that much more of an opportunity to talk about it. I saw talk about Matilda the Musical right now, Roald Dahl's <laughs> Matilda the Musical, which uh, Netflix is putting out very shortly as you hear this, and also is uh, currently in movie theaters where I am uh, as I speak. Uh, hopefully it'll last for another week or two. I don't know. The Netflix stuff, it's weird. It, they, they, they have a good relationship with Cinemark now, and I'm not quite sure why still. But um, yeah, I went out and saw it. It's so moving. It's so good. I think it really, like, I wrote a little, I went longer on my Letterboxd review and was a little bit rambly and not super articulate about it. Oh, I think it's it, an interesting like, review. I... Oh, thank you. Yeah. It, it caught um, my attention. Yeah. I, you know, I, I love Dahl going, like, as a child, obviously, you know, he's a problematic fave, etc. But um, uh, I think, like... Though Matilda was always one of my favorites, like I preferred it to Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. I preferred it to like most of the more famous novels because it is so spiky and weird and has like a bunch of weird elements in it that like don't totally mesh. And like I wrote about this specifically, but like the way that it like has the supernatural element of her having like telekinesis and then she uses that to trick the Trunchbull into thinking there's a ghost, like a different type of supernatural, like. It's playing in that space, I think, is, like, super interesting and, like, really influenced the way I think about the world and, um, and yeah, and, like, you know, Miss Honey and the Trunchbull, like, are such vivid characters to me and her parents are both 
also like really really strong and uh, I think the, mu- the 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 musical I loved when I saw on Broadway that it has been cut down a little bit and like there's a few moments where I do miss some of the stuff that was in the in the the longer version but some of the cuts they made were smart I think and I do think like Matthew Warch has directed it on stage this is he directed the film as well he um he's not directed too many movies but I know he directed Pride which is a movie that a lot of people like which I should ke- check out one of these days um but uh i do think like he does it's like got some really cool like the production design is like really like out there and you are like it feels very artificial in a fun way and in 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 the way that doll should i think and then um yeah i just think like the songs and the staging of the songs he does some really smart like the way that that yeah when i grow up is sort of like the like central number of the show it's like sort of what everything like it's 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 the the peak like of emotional content in the middle of it and um it like the the song by tim minchin really does capture like a child syntax in a way that i find very moving and it's like just a very simple idea of like when you're a kid you think about how when you're grown up like you won't have any problems and like you'll know how to solve everything and like you'll be able to just like eat live the the fantasy life of a kid and like eat candy all the time and like watch scary movies and be fine and like all that sort of stuff and, like the child's naive view of adulthood it captures like so perfectly within a childhood voice and you sort of see the children sort of aspiring to that like very simple and basic like heroic like i'm the hero of the story life and i think it captures that really beautifully and it really moves me to tears um so yeah i think the whole thing's great i think the new song at the end is is pretty good uh i i miss like loud and a few of the other fun numbers but uh i think it's well worth watching and it'll be on netflix very soon so roald dell's matilda the musical as it is officially the that's the official title on letterbox and whatnot because uh, Netflix uh, is really pushing this Roald Dahl thing since they bought, paid so much money for the rights to all his stuff. Right. Uh, and uh, and it's tearing up the box office in the UK. And uh, I hope uh, yeah. folks check it out. Cause I, think I hope really... we get Netflix's The Twists soon. I think that would be great. I think, I'm sure there's... That was... I'm the, sure... I mean, that was my dad's favorite, and I feel yeah. like is maybe also my favorite, just because This is why not, like, the, Netflix is a good fit for his stuff, because they can do yeah. just, like, a weird 40-minute version or whatever, and, like, mm-hmm. it will yeah. basically fit with, like, the other... I mean, I don't know that they would do that, but they certainly no. could. Right, yeah. So, we'll see. Amelia? So... I guess we're, we we talked about a food at top and then two movies in the middle, so I'm going to bring it all the way back around again. Wow. The thing about my personality is that I sort of like to hop on things once everybody's off the train. I like to I like to wait for every like everybody to like get on something and to like talk about it and love it. Is. No, I don't think you're going to get it. <laughs> okay. But yesterday I watched Avatar The Way of Water, which is not my pick. I watched it in 3D IMAX. I was sat very close, and it gave me a sort of headache, and I was, like, sort Mm -hmm. of in a daze. So I walked around the mall food court where I was at looking for something that I could eat that was, like, light and would calm me down. Mm. And you know what did it for me? And you know what always does it for me? Frozen yogurt. I'm going to shout out Frozen yogurt. 
We all love Froyo. Original yeah. flavor frozen yogurt with like some strawberries on top. Original flavor. I don't know about so that like one. Tart. Like just, tart frozen yogurt. Yes, tart, just I'm normal just, tart. I'm just like frozen yogurt. Just yeah, get ice I love cream. tart. Just get ice cream. I want the ice cream. No. I don't want to. Do no, but well, so the tartness. tartness I need it. I need the tartness. Yes, the tartness and with the strawberry. Fruit. I just, Oh no! I do. When I go to a frozen yogurt place, I'm like, I'm just dumping a bunch of candy in here, and the benefit yeah, of can... it is instead of having to pick one candy, I can just put a little bit of all the candies in it. This uh, is sometimes I'll, I, I certainly have been known to put some gummy bears in there. But... I was just saying, gummy uh, Froyo makes me so fucked up. I'll put like a gummy worm on ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> it is like there was. Like, I one... guess this makes sense. <laughs> there was one nearby that I liked. What this thing needs is to gone... get really cold and hard to chew. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I would just only... him to be like a pebble in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Now the only ones that are around here are sweet frogs, which I don't really Ooh. like. But I am in theory just... into frozen yogurt, and it's. It's too bad that it didn't stick around in its ideal form, at least here. My favorite frozen yogurt used to be tart, like the plain tart yogurt, and I would get it with toasted hazelnut, kiwi, and strawberry. Uh So good. I'll do that strawberry and some gummy bears, which is crazy, (laughs) and then I'll do the strawberry syrup on top. Whoa. That, the ice cream slash frozen yogurt strawberry syrup. Maybe that should be my pick. That thing's sure. undefeated. Nobody has ever. I love yeah strawberry, <laughs> strawberry syrup. The strawberry yeah. syrup just yeah. hits. Like a strawberry sundae at like DQ or something. Oh, is good. I do. I mean, I love strawberry ice cream. I love that flavor sure. profile. Yeah. Great pick, Froyo. I wish Fro-yo. I could. It is like I agree with Andy of like I'd usually rather just have ice cream. I wish I could walk into right. a Cold Stone and just be like, just give me a little bit of like seven different candies. Yeah, if they did a, uh, like th- like multiple flavor, fr- uh, soft serve store with a toppings bar. I mean, soft serve is that also is so good. Yeah. Yeah, that's what they the, the so frozen good. custard right. with frozen. Be great. That's the thing. I go more indulgent. I go frozen, frozen custard, custard if, I'm, if I'm not doing Ooh. it. <laughs> yeah, and he's like gummy bears. Give me egg yolks. Like sometimes, oh my god, when stuff is too sweet, like stuff like cakes, I don't really eat because like I don't like too cake sweet, either. Really Cake's not very good. So that's why I think I slightly prefer frozen yogurt. But listen, I love ice cream. I love. I lost soft serve. Best bite of food I had this year was a gelato at Cannes. Gelato, even more undefeated, maybe. So I love, I, <laughs> I love like sort of that for frozen treat in all of its flavors. But yeah, I think sometimes frozen yogurt gets like shit on as yeah. like a fad yeah. or like talked down to like, oh, what are you like a teenager or whatever. But frozen yeah. yogurt's good. You can have it. It's it. It's the bomb. Certainly, you can have it. I'm not you denying have anything. It's a great for slogan yogurt. for frozen yogurt. <laughs> you can have it. You can have it. <laughs> I will. I mean, I'll um. say. I think that I'm very pleased that that was what it was. My pitch is that uh, 2023 is your year of kombucha. Oh, I've tried. I just. I, just, <laughs> I, just need, I, I need to give it another shot. It, 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 it might. Punk. It might just be like you need to find the right brand. Like I, if I, you, I think 
yeah i've talked to colin about this a little bit but it was like this is even true of like cocktails the more floral stuff i just like i yeah i agree i'm not into the we organized a kombucha flight for you i think it would go yeah you could but i also think you could go to the grocery store and send us a picture of the kombucha aisle and we could each pick one for you to try we can do right. that with that. Yeah, we should. Yeah, we should, <laughs> uh, should go to the, uh, for yeah. all of our social links. Do you want me to say this really quickly? Yeah. Yeah. Go for or it. Or were you going to say something? Andy? Well, I was just like, well, we, we reflected a little bit on the year. I guess we should say we're not quite sure what next year is going to look like. Like, we still have to talk about that and all that. So, but yeah, but we'll the, be just, back uh, again to reiterate. Yeah. Like, thank you for listening. Thank and you we for are listening for a few weeks. Yeah, we'll um, be back at some so... point in July. We'll have some sort of Sunday. January. Did I say July? <laughs> yeah. I listen. I love where your head's at. <laughs> I'd love to take a seven month break. <laughs> but, yeah, we'll be back in time to talk about what Tiff is going to be playing next year. Right. <laughs> We're always the easiest month for us to program. We're now a podcast that exclusively exists in order to get accredited to go to TIFF. Uh, No, we'll be back at some point in January. We'll have some Sundance coverage. We'll we'll tell you what's playing Berlin when we know that. We will, yeah, we'll uh, we'll have the Palm Dollies, of course. Before Coming too up long. At some point. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm crafting up episode ideas left and right, folks. That's great. You won't believe it's... where I take this podcast. 2023 <laughs> is going to be the year of Can I Kick It? <laughs> <laughs> We're going to top this year? Jesus. All right. Yeah. Let's do it. We're only going well, up. I, I, Rocket you... ship going up. Our first, <laughs> yeah. adver- our first advertiser. Whoa. No. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if you want to follow us around, you can go to l i k n t r dot e e slash can i kick it linktree slash can i kick it. Yep. And our links for coffee, letterbox, Instagram, and Twitter yep. are all in there. Special shout out to the recurring donors. We love you all. Yep. Special shout out. Yeah, special shout out so to much. Tree Related for our theme song. Uh, who's on Spotify and SoundCloud at Tree Related. And then yeah, with that, yeah. We I will. Our audio? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I'm going to release our audience. Bye. Bye. Have a happy holiday. Happy New Year, everybody. <laughs>